Good Tuesday evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Uncle Tom Talks with your man, Mr. Derek Wilburn. Give you, give you a little bit of information on Colorado and how they say kill them all. Introducing you to Mr. Man, Derek Wilburn, Uncle Tom. Welcome in to another Tuesday evening edition of Uncle Tom Talks. I am Derek Wilburn. I live in Colorado Springs, Colorado, the most beautiful city or one of them in the United States of America, happens to be in the state of Colorado. My producer, however, is not in Colorado Springs. He's elsewhere. And I can't disclose where he is because when he goes out in public, if people find out, it's a mob scene. He gets swarmed because he's the two-time heavyweight champion of the world. They recognize him literally on seven seas and five continents. He is Apollo Creed. Now, here in Colorado, uh, we just, our governor just signed a bill into law, which real clear politics says, quote, what is likely the most extreme abortion law in America maybe the world, close quote. That, of course, was signed into law by our governor, Jared Polis, who is who was a leftist. Uh, needless to say, only a leftist would sign a law like that. And um, it can only happen someplace like Colorado, which has now become completely wholesale left. And I want to break that down and talk about it a little bit, because the, the devotion on the left to abortion is, I don't even know the right word. I call it cultish. I don't know if that's the right word or not, uh, and we're going to get there and talk about that. But before we do that, uh, I wanna, I've got some housekeeping to do. So I'm wearing the garb of my two favorite sports organizations in the world, the Chicago Cubs and the Classical Academy Track, Field, and Cross Country. TCA, the Classical Academy, is the school that my children have all attended. One still does. Uh, they've all run there. Our daughter was a jumper and a runner, our distance runners. CCA is a powerhouse track, field, and cross country. I mean, this, this place racks up state championships like nobody's business. They collect them. Um, so our school, the Classical Academy, is in School District 20 here in Colorado Springs. If you've been watching Uncle Tom Talks lately, you know that I've been on a warpath over the way our newly elected school board has been treated in school board meetings, public school board meetings, which happen here uh, I think the first and third Thursday of every month. Uh, they've been getting beaten up. But, so I tore apart uh, two, I, I selected two things that had been spoken at a recent school board meeting early last month, March 3rd, I believe it was. And I misattributed the authorship of those two speeches. And I need to correct that because I want to be accurate. So, um, the way this goes, so last month, let me pull this up. Last month on March 3rd, uh, there are a couple of people read at the school board meeting on behalf of someone else, right? So, so somebody had reached out and said, hey, I can't be at the school board meeting. Will you please read this for me? And then they registered to speak for themselves. So it's like if I had done that and the secretary would say, our next speaker is Derek Wilburn, but Derek Wilburn isn't here tonight. His speech is being read by Tom Jones or something like that. 
That happened two times that night. Well, two that I that I picked out for past episodes of Uncle Tom Talks. And I inverted the speaker and the introduction. So I attributed it the wrong thing to the wrong person. And somebody pointed that out to me. So uh, I've been at war these last couple weeks over this uh, Dr. Seuss poem that was written by Tim Hoffman here in District 20. At least I think he's in District 20. Uh, I attributed that poem, I think, is re repulsive and it's not helpful. And everybody knows that. I've talked about it quite a bit. No point in rehashing that now. But I thought the person who introduced that poem actually was the person who introduced something else that was read that night, which was written by a local Air Force officer, uh, a lieutenant colonel, Colonel, I, I think I'm pronouncing it right. I think it's Matt Matezik. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing your name, Colonel. I'm sure I am. Uh, Matezik. Let's go with Matezik. I think it's Matezik. So I thought the poem was introduced anonymously and Colonel Matezik's was introduced as the Dr. Seuss poem. I had it backwards. And um, Colonel Matezik's wife actually jumped onto my, my YouTube page and, and set the record straight. She said, hey, you know, you've got this all wrong. So I went back and investigated it and she was right. Uh, I, I did have it wrong and I need to apologize and I need to retract those instances. So I'm gonna to apologize to both the Colonel and to Mr. Hoffman and set the record straight right now. So this is cut number one. Cut number one, get that ready to go, Creed. In cut number one, this is the introduction to Colonel Matizik's speech, which he, he couldn't deliver for himself. He was, he was out of town. Um, and I, I, again, I hope Matizik is right. This is the introduction. This is the, what the, the secretary read prior to his words. Roll cut number one, please. Our next speaker is Jahara Matisik, and I believe it says that somebody will be reading his statement for him. Okay, so there it is. There it is. Hello, I'm so, so there it is right there. Okay, that, that's a separate reading. Anyone who knows me knows uh, where I stand with regards to the United States Air Force and the United States Air Force Academy. Anyone who knows me knows. Um, big supporter, son is a graduate. Uh, any Colonel Matisik has my respect, if for no other reason than because he swore an oath to defend this nation, its citizens and constitution, and is willing to pay the price that is involved in that service. He and I disagree vehemently, clearly, ideologically, that has nothing to do with the fact that he is serving his country honorably. Now, that said, let's move on to cut number two. So that was the introduction to Colonel Matizik's words. These are Colonel Matizik's actual words. Let's go with cut number two. I want my friend to read these comments and remind the selected school board that attempting to ban books and preaching anti-DEI rhetoric is a right-wing fanatical approach to ignoring our history and past errors. You are on a public school board and should be nonpartisan to serve all families in this district. You must address real issues to teach retention and morale. You need to ensure a positive and inclusive learning environment for all students. 
excluding children that don't fit your box of extreme ideologies needs to stop. You can say the quiet parts out loud. You don't want real history taught because perhaps your children would read their family's racist past that maybe hasn't changed much even today. You don't want to respect and include the LGBTQ plus community because your worst fear is admitting that you may have a gay or trans loved one that you refuse to accept. That's a you problem that should never enter school board discussions. The law has outlined that all people and children deserve to have their civil liberties respected. As an active duty service member, that's what I fight for. If anyone, especially those in marginalized communities, feel threatened, attacked, or hated, please know that we will stand with you and support your support you. Your voices matter and deserve to be heard. Thank you. Okay, so there it was in its entirety, unedited, undoctored. I didn't do a thing to it. That was clearly not the Dr. Seuss poem that you all have heard and that I've aired. Clearly that was not the Dr. Seuss poem. Colonel Matisic had nothing to do with it, didn't write it, didn't ask for someone to read it. That was my mistake and I apologize to him for that mischaracterization. I apologize to any and everyone for spreading misinformation. I wasn't spreading misinformation, I invented the misinformation. It was an honest mistake, but a mistake nevertheless, and we need to own our mistakes. Now, that said, um, Colonel, that was across the line. In my view, in my opinion, that was across the line. Um, I don't need to rehash the, I've done that already, but uh, accusing board members, families, their ancestors of having been racists, and maybe they still are today and on and on. What does that have to do with classroom education, with childhood education? Uh, I've apologized to you, and I'm sincere, you, you were owed that apology. And I hope you will firmly and strongly consider apologizing to our board of directors for that, um, because I think it would be appropriate. That's not helping. Those of, many have argued that I'm not helping. Maybe they have a point, but I'm only talking about things that have already been said. I didn't say them, I'm just analyzing them. So um, Colonel, respect you for your service, but uh, I think that is over the line. And um, I hope you'll consider issuing an apology. Now, that moves us to Tim Hoffman. So Tim Hoffman, I owe an apology as well. So on a past episode of Uncle Tom Talks, maybe the last one, maybe the one before that, I'm not sure. But I accused Mr. Hoffman of not having uh, any stones, of not being man enough, basically, to uh, admit his own words, to have somebody read this awful poem, this Dr. Seuss poem, anonymously. I accused him of that, but that wasn't true. Again, I transposed the introductions. So the introduction to the Colonel's words were, I'm reading this on behalf of a friend who cannot be here tonight because he's in the military. He's off serving. I thought that came before the Dr. Seuss poll. It didn't. I just played that for you. This is what came before the Dr. Seuss poem and this is what makes me wrong for claiming that Hoffman stuck this poem into our school board meeting anonymously. Uh, let's roll cut number three. Our next, our next speaker is Bernadette Guthrie.
I'm not wearing the hat, but I brought it up. In honor of Dr. Seuss Week in some of our schools, I'm here to read a piece written by Tim Hoffman, who is a D20 parent and a talented artist. Maybe you've seen some of his work. Okay, so there it is. The Dr. Seuss poem was clearly attributed to Tim Hoffman. Clearly, no one could mistake it. I was wrong. Uh, Mr. Hoffman did own piece of work that concluded with maybe you've seen his work I've seen other work of mr. Hoffman so I apologize for claim for making that claim but I'm going to turn right around and stick it right back out there because Tim Hoffman you do not have character let's and you don't have the stones let's put up image number so many of you don't know, a lot of you do know this. I'm the executive director of the Rocky Mountain Black Conservatives. It is an organization located here in Colorado Springs. We do a lot of work in the nation and in the state. Uh, I've been the executive director for a number of years. We have a website, blackandconservative.com. Uh, we have a webmaster who manages the website, but I have access, of course. I have the WordPress password and I can get inside and take a look at what's going on after I broke down that vile Dr. Seuss poem on Uncle Tom Talks. I began getting spam, hate mail, smart guy, smart aleck messages on my profile on our website. This is what began popping into my website within a few days of having broken down that Dr. Seuss poem. And remind you, I didn't write the poem. Those aren't my words. I just think they're over the line. So if you think the problem is me and these podcasts, I would ask you to consider, is the problem me talking about what was said or the problem what was said in the first place? Or maybe a combination of the two. You know, that, that's a possibility. But let's put up image number four. Nobody's ever seen this other than me and you right now. And no one has ever seen this. These, this... So this is the, the admin page. This is the view that I have of people who leave comments on our website. These comments were left by a gentleman calling himself Sonny Hampton on March 18th of last month. So reading from the bottom up, because they're in reverse chronological order, Derek Wilburn is so triggered by a silly little poem, so triggered. Then above that, we get a poem. There once was a coward named D, a politician he wanted to be. He spent most of his time getting mad about my rhyme. He's irrelevant. I think you'd agree. So there's a modus operandi. Mr. Hoffman's apparently a, a poet, or so he likes to think. Uh, the next one up is just yep, because I replied a couple of times trying to be civil, trying to engage in dialogue. And then finally, I said, you know, I'm I'm not doing this, and I just deleted the, the comments, and he ends with, come on, Mr. Tough Guy Wilburn, why are you deleting comments again? Now, here's what I want you to notice about this. Put image number four up one more time so everyone can see what I'm talking about, Creed. Look at the comment left at 4.09 a.m. So look where these comments are made. I mean, this guy needs to get some sleep. The long one, the, the poem. There once was a coward named D. I don't name call, by the way. A politician he wanted to be. 
He spent most of his time getting mad about my rhyme. Emphasis the word my, M-Y. Not about the rhyme, about my rhyme. This is Tim Hoffman using a pseudonym calling himself Sonny Hampton. So he began trolling me on my own webpage, and I finally said, I'm not going to put up with this, and just stopped responding to him and took it all down. So he starts calling me a coward. You're not going to come onto my webpage and start berating and insulting me. Uh, why would I leave that up? That's like if you come into my living room and start berating me in my house. I'm not going to stand for that. I'm going to throw you out. It's my webpage. So I don't have to let you. I put, Listen, I post comments to our webpage all the time that aren't complimentary toward me. You can surf that my profile on our website and find those comments to this day. But not people who are just going to call names and do this nastiness. But here's the thing. Sonny Hampton talking about me getting mad about my rhyme is clearly Tim Hoffman. Mr. Hoffman, so what we have here with Tim Hoffman, you can take it down, Creed. What we have here is a keyboard warrior. Okay, this is a keyboard warrior. These are people who hide behind the anonymity that the internet take their courage pills and start berating people they disagree with. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what's going on here. See, here, here's the thing with me. I am the exact same person live to your face and on the internet and on the phone. And when I text you, there is no variance. There is no change. I don't treat you one way because you're on the other end of a computer screen somewhere in the country or somewhere in the world. I don't take advantage of that fact and treat you differently than I would treat you if you were standing right in front of me. I don't. Anyone who's followed me went back when I was on Facebook. I had a very large Facebook Facebook page for a very long time. Large Twitter following, all that stuff. I've quit those platforms. But anyone who followed me, whether you liked what I had to say or not, you have to admit that's true. I never insulted people. I never went after people on a personal level. I'm the same person to your face that I am on your computer screen. Hoffman. When he, find, when he doesn't like me taking apart his own words, sends me a cease and desist order via email. I talked about that on another Uncle Tom Talks. He feigns some for, form of legal authority. I didn't say he pretended to be an attorney. He's not that dumb, I don't think. But he sends me a cease and desist order, which I say, not gonna honor. So he files a copyright violation with YouTube a phony copyright violation claiming he owns copyrights to that poem, which he does not. That was just March 3rd. The U.S. Office of Copyrights takes more time than that to issue a copyright. You can't get a copyright in four or five weeks. That's impossible. So he pretends he fakes to have a, a, a copyright and uses that to get a strike against me on YouTube, which is a real problem for me. And he trolls me on my own web page using a pseudonym, not even man enough to use his own name. See, I don't play, I don't roll like that. You may not like me. Or you may not like the things I stand for, the things I say, and that's fair. That's okay. I don't require agreement. People are going to disagree. That's inevitable. Disagreement is healthy. Disagreement is good. We need disagreement. 
And as long as we're disagreeing in a civil matter, there is no problem from my point of view. But when you have to change your name and say things hiding behind the guise of being someone that you are not, what does that say about your convictions concerning what you're talking about? And what does that say about your character? What kind of character do you have when you claim to own a copyright you do not own? When you send a cease and desist order that you do not have the, do not have the authority to send. When you troll somebody using a pseudonym so they don't find out or you hope they don't find out or you think they won't find out that you are actually you. This Hoffman, he doesn't come to the school board meetings. He's very distinguishable in an individual. He's, he's, he's got a distinct, he's, he's easy to pick out. He doesn't, he's got a distinct look, big beard and, and what have you. Uh, he's not at school board meetings. I'm there, I'm, easy to, I'm an easy man to find around Colorado Springs. And he has my email address. And as I've said before, all you have to do is just message me. Instead of sending me a cease and desist order, send me an email and say, uh, you know, I want to talk to you about the way you handle, handle this, this thing on your podcast. Okay. I met last night. Last night, I sat at a coffee shop with two parents who are very much on the other side of the ideological aisle from District 20. We sat at a coffee shop, myself and, and four other people, two of us from the right, two of us from the left, whatever. And we had a very cordial, we did it the way you're supposed to do it. We agreed, we, we, we agreed, we disagree on some things. We agreed, we agree on some things. And, and we chipped some, some bricks out of the wall. And that's how it should be. That's all Hoffman had to do, was just say, I want to meet you at Starbucks at Panera Bread and kick this around a little. But he didn't because he has no character. And now he's flaming me on my own webpage using a false identity. So uh, I mentioned in the last Uncle Tom Talks that the last chapter of this has not been written. And it has not. Okay, so that's a very long-winded way of saying um, Colonel Matizic, I owed you an apology. I hope you accepted it. Uh, I still think you're wrong in your presentation and your approach and some of the things that you said. That doesn't get to spread misinformation about you. So I retract it and take it back. Mr. Hoffman, I was wrong when I said that that Dr. Seuss poem was read as if it was written anonymously. That's not true. Your name was clearly tied to it. And I apologize to you both and retract those statements. Now, moving on to the issue of abortion in this state. Um, Creed, let's bring up um, let's bring up image. I'll just read it. So, if you don't know, and if you don't, if you're outside of Colorado, maybe you don't. Uh, our governor just passed an abortion rights law that is. Um, if you're pro-baby, if you're pro-child, if you're pro-life, it's, it's abhorrent. Uh, according to Real Clear Politics, quote, Colorado's new law doesn't merely allow abortion of viable babies for any reason until crowning. It makes eugenics arguments about the social, moral, and economic benefits of not having children, as if any law or regulation compels anyone to do so. The debate, lest it be repeated, is over when life is worth protecting. According to Colorado, 
which has no fetal protection laws either, an unborn baby is never considered a life, close quote. So abortion right up until crowning, right up until crowning. I was there for all three of my children's births. I cut all three of their umbilical cords. I've seen crowning three times. The debate over, is it right? Is it wrong? Do we want to loosen laws? Do we want to, you know, how do we want to handle this? It all comes down to one thing. There's only one issue that really, really defines this and really matters. And that's simply this. What exists in the womb? That's it. Is it a human life or is it not? So for those on the left, the left only wants to discuss women's rights, a woman's right to her body, a woman's right to choose, what have you. They don't want to discuss what exists in the womb because what exists in the womb is inarguable. I mean, there, there's just no debating that. If left to run its natural course, what's in the womb will become a baby human being. It's that simple. And I've heard people say stuff like, no, it's not a baby, it's a fetus. Well, a fetus is a, they don't understand that fetus is Latin for baby. That's where it begins and ends. What exists in the womb? And the devotion to abortion on the left, I've called it cult-like. I don't like that term, but I can't think of a better one. It's like we must protect the right and ability to destroy life in the womb at any and all costs and expense. I mean, people who are really, really strongly pro-abortion, they're in favor of taking U.S. taxpayer dollars and sending them to other countries so that people there can abort their babies. Why would you want, why would you want other people to abort their babies, let alone people you don't even know? let alone taking hundreds of millions of dollars that we really need. We have a homelessness crisis in this country. We have a fentanyl crisis in this country. We have a heroin epidemic in this country. We need those hundreds of millions of dollars. Why would you be in favor of sending that money to other countries so people can abort babies there? It's a very strange devotion that the, the, the percentage of the population that needs abortive services is relatively small. All right, that's just a matter of mathematics. So only half the country is female, if you know what a female is. Only half is female. And then of the females in the country, you're only talking about those of, of child-rearing age. So just for the sake of conversation, let's say those females between ages 15 and 45. Now, I know someone's going to say, yeah, 12-year-olds can get pregnant. Yes, they can. 50-year-olds, yes, they can. But when we're talking about abortive service services, the, the vast majority, let's, I don't know the number, let's say 96% uh, are females between the ages of 15 and 45. That's, that's, the, that's the neighborhood. So you're talking about a subset of a subset, right? You're talking about women, which is a subset of the total population. Half the population are women. And then you're talking about a percentage of women, those 45 and years of age. And people want to make sure they can have abortions early term, late term, during delivery, publicly funded, no restrictions whatsoever. Well, you know, why does abortion occupy this space that is so important we have to make sure it's paid for by the government, by you and I? I mean, 
only a small, relatively small percentage of people need abortive services. Everybody has teeth, right? I mean, just about everybody, I understand. Why isn't there a push to make sure that we all get free, publicly funded annual teeth cleanings? Everybody has eyes, not just a subset of a subset. Everyone has eyes. I understand there are blind people. But why isn't there a push to get government-funded annual eye checkup and eye exams and to send hundreds of millions of dollars to second world countries to make sure that they get them too? Why is abortion all alone in this category of medical procedures that must be protected at all costs? It's, 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 it's a devotion. And here's the thing, one of the things. There are three parties to every pregnancy. Right? There's three parties to every pregnancy. Well, there may be more than three in the event of multiple births, twins and triplets and what have you. But for the most part, there's three parties to every birth, every pregnancy. Why is it that only one of the three is entitled to any rights at all? See, to the left, only the mother is entitled to rights. The baby clearly isn't. I mean, they want the baby to be able to be killed. Baby has no rights. The father has none, only one of the three. And here's the thing, if the role is reversed, so if, if the, the mother wants to abort the child and the father does not, too bad. He has no rights. He has to kiss his opportunity to be a father to that child away. Can't do a thing to stop her. That baby is going to die. But if the role is reversed and the mother wants to keep the child, but the father does not, he wants the baby aborted, too bad. He can't force her to have an abortion, he'll be thrown in jail. Not only that, once the child is born, the court system will force him to financially support it. He'll go to jail if he does not pay child support to support the rearing of a child that he didn't want born in the first place. You see, so it's, it's only a one-way street. And the only reason it is a one-way street is because of the cult-like devotion to this medical procedure that we cannot, it's a sacred cow that we cannot touch. We must make sure nothing happens to the ability to abort our babies. That's why when you watch movies, you know, Hollywood will produce some of the most vile and grotesque, amazingly graphic violence and what have you, but you know what you never see in a Hollywood movie? You don't see abortions. The leftists that run Hollywood, they, they won't touch that with a 10-foot pole. They don't want you to see the anguish and what's in those buckets and what happens to the fetal body parts once they get vacuumed out. But all, you never see that depicted in the movies. I just watched Sylvester Stallone Rambo. It was on a couple nights ago. I couldn't sleep. The most violent, I mean, the most graphically gruesome. Don't get me wrong. I kind of like the movie, but... I mean, you, you talk about blood and guts and body limbs being blown up. And I mean, it was graphic, very bloody. You will not see even a non-graphic depiction of an abortion being performed in a Hollywood movie. And there's a reason for that. The cult that surrounds it insulates it. And we have to make sure that it remains a protected class of medical procedure. Nothing else enters that realm. The same people won't argue that you should be able to get free radiation treatment if you have cancer. It's just the way that it is. 
Well, we're moving on now to the internet sensation you've all been waiting for. Real fake headlines. I got to get going. I want to wrap this thing up in five or six minutes. We're going to do real fake headlines. If you've never watched real fake headlines before, this is easy. I'm going to read four headlines. One of them is fake. All you have to do is figure out the fake. I made one of them up. I found three of them on the web. If you think you know the fake, go into your chat dialogue there and type the number one, two, three, or four corresponding with the one that you think is fake. We'll see if you know your contemporary of the way that you headline number one. Los Angeles Mayor Garcetti, Eric Garcetti, ignores the city's crime crisis, blames mass exodus on housing costs. People are getting out of California and especially at Los Angeles and San Francisco counties as fast as they can. Why? Well, because of the uh, housing costs. Headline number two, Utah. Legislature overrides Governor Cox's veto, passes law to protect girls' athletics. So Utah, what kind of governor does Utah has? Is that have? Is that the type of person that would veto a law to keep transgenders from competing against girls? Headline number three. Washington State passes legislation that will ban gas-powered vehicles by 2030. Headline number four. Your boy, Beto O'Rourke. Beto is back. Canceling cancel culture would be, quote, more dangerous than cancel culture. So canceling it would be even worse. Did Beto actually say that? Okay, I'm going to give them to you one more time, rapid fire. If you think you know one, two, three, or four, put it in the chat now. I'm going to bring this in for a hard landing and try to get us out of here in four minutes. Headline number one. L.A. Mayor Garcetti ignores cities' crime crisis, blames mass exodus on housing costs. Headline number two. Utah legislature overrides Governor Cox's veto, passes law to protect girls' athletics. Headline number three. Washington state passes legislation that will ban gas-powered vehicles by 2030. That's only eight years from now. Is that even possible? Headline number four. Beto, canceling cancel culture would be more dangerous than cancel culture. Get your votes in quick. One, two, three, or four if you want to play. If you just want to sit and soak it all in, that's fine too. The heavyweight champ is going to give me our vote tally in three, two, one. Looks like everyone's picking one, Mr. Wilburn. All right. All right. Uh, get ready, Creed. We're going to go out of order. Um, I want to start with headline number two. Utah legislature overrides governor's veto, passes law to protect girls' athletics. That is image number seven. That is true. So we're talking about things that I just don't understand. There's lots of them because I'm not nearly as bright as a lot of people think I am. But this is one of them. Um, we had this discussion last night. Males, in terms of athletic performance, are superior to females. And that, that's not harsh. That's just a matter of fact. Of course, there's exceptions. We all understand that. There are men who are smaller and weaker. There are women who are larger and stronger, of course. But generally speaking, men are larger, 
taller. We have more skeletal muscle mass. We have about nine pints of blood in our body. Women only have about six. If men compete against women in athletic competition, we're going to win. That's why there's a WNBA and an NBA. Get rid of those two distinctions and let them all play together. The women will never win a single game. That's why there are men records in the Olympics. That's why women have records. This shouldn't be controversial. But um, to some people, it is. And I can't understand it to save my life. I want to see women excel, succeed, set records. There are girls in Connecticut uh, in track and field. I can't remember the girl's name, but she gave a very, very good interview. And she said, you know, she's fast. And she had some college scholarships riding on the line. She's a sprinter. And she said, I know when I step on the track, the very best I can do is third. Because the two who are going to win are biological males. I can't outrun them. Um, it's just one of those things that's it's very difficult. It's, there's nuance, of course. But the fact that men jump higher than women, generally speaking, should be irrefutable. Okay, let's we go to... We have some fours um, coming in, just so you know. Some fours coming in. Okay. Uh, let's, okay, so the money is on one and four. So let's go to number three. Let's put up image eight. Washington State passes legislation that will ban gas-powered vehicles by 2030. Again, people, that's only eight years from now. So I've written a lot how the Democrat manages to, Washington, of course, is a Democrat-controlled state, just like Colorado, just like California. Um, Democrats own everything at all levels. And I've argued many, many times that Democrat control, Democrats managed to survive on this reputation that they are good for the poor. And if you consider adding programs and welfare and things to put means-tested benefits into the pockets of the poor, they are. But ultimately, those things enslave people. They managed to survive this reputation that they're good for the poor. Banning gas-powered vehicles. You know how much electric vehicles cost? I believe the average right now is around $50,000. You're a struggling mother of three, and, you're, and you're, your car finally gives up the ghost, and you need it to get to your two jobs and get the kids to school and grocery shop and live life. You just need a $7,500 Ford to get you through. Not a $68,000 thousand dollar tesla how is this good for the poor uh, i have a presentation that i give called the six things that happen when liberals take control and even if you are a liberal you should watch it sometime number two is things get banned liberalism is full of ideas that are so good they ought to be mandatory and this is one of them Let's just ban gas-powered automobiles because it's good for the environment. Ideas so good, they ought to be mandatory. I, I hate to be working poor in the state of Washington. Okay, let's go to image number, uh, headline number four. Put number four on screen, Beto. Canceling cancel culture would be worse than cancel culture. And that goes with image number F9. I think. Come on, Creed. What, the, the kind of money I'm paying you, I think you'd get this right the first time. 
But those of you who voted for, you are absolutely correct. It is fake, which leaves us with headline number one, L.A. Mayor Garcetti ignores city's crime crime crisis, blames mass media, mass exodus on housing costs. And that is image number six. Los Angeles, uh, the homeless camps are the thing of internet legend. Uh, it is incredible what has happened in the city of Los Angeles. Yes, housing is extraordinarily expensive. Um, businesses are closing left and right. People can't find entry-level jobs because when you tell restaurants, you now have to pay your dishwashers $15 an hour. Some of them don't survive. And Los Angeles has all kinds of problems, uh, people crapping in the streets. I mean, we all know what's going on. And the mayor, uh, Mr. The Buck Stops Here, Mr. I'm Responsible, Mr. Let's Face Reality, says that the real reason people are leaving is because of housing costs. Now, he's not entirely wrong. That is one of the reasons. He just refuses to admit all the other ones that his policies have provided. And that puts Los Angeles, like the entire state of Illinois, into an economic death spiral. They raise taxes higher and higher and higher, so people start leaving. People start leaving, your tax base begins to shrink. Fewer and fewer people are paying into the treasury. Therefore, to make up the shortfall of fewer people paying taxes, you have to raise taxes. Raising taxes causes even more people to move to Colorado, and around and around and around you go. Where she ends, nobody knows. But I can tell you where Uncle Tom Talks is going to end. It's going to end right now. Heavyweight champ, tell them where they can find a recording of this episode should they want to view it again and again and again, then take us out. You can find Uncle Tom Talks at conservative-daily.com, Rumble, Uncle Tom Talks, DLive, Uncle Tom Talks, Twitch, Uncle Tom Talks, and Telegram, t.me slash Uncle Tom Talks. We'll be coming to you this Thursday. Same time, same place. Thank you very much to Mr. Wilburn for being here with our Uncle Tom Talks. Anything else you want to say? Consider it my pleasure. No, baby, I'm out. I'm going to the gym. Work on the pythons. Thank you guys for joining us. This was Uncle Tom Talks. We'll see you this Thursday.